Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the State of Play podcast. I am your host, Martino Puccio. Alongside me is the full crew today, Matt Santangelo, Pep Barisha. Uh We're not fully uh, excited to talk about the sport today. I'm not. Matt's not, probably. But I'm sure Pet's, a, Pet's okay. Pet, you probably um, you've accepted the fate of Arsenal's season a lot sooner than we've had to accept our fate with this back-and-forth tug-of-war of emotions um it's gonna end in sorrow for the eighth or seventh year in a row so it's fun look it's been a tough season for arsenal fans <laughs> what else can i say at least you guys are taking it to the final day you know oh yeah that's awesome that's worse i'd rather have it ended in february this is just like pure torture back and forth and and the ultimate demises to the team I hate more than anyone in recent years. So I mean, it's just, it's just typical. It's just typical. This isn't. It's it's a mess. Um, I mean, we've been getting great feedback and everything, and there's great therapy sessions for me on reports, but it's it's not it's not fun at all, in my opinion. I don't yeah, know you, it's, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, if you're a listener, listen to the, like our episodes over the past couple months or even the entire season, you probably have heard us be so upbeat, positive. We're going to win the Scudetto. They're going to get this player, that player. And then like the next week is like, we're not making top four. And then the following week is we're going to get top four, no problem. And then this week is we're not getting top four, no chance. It's like the, the, the mixed, I, I, I honestly, thank goodness I'm a single guy right now because I'd be putting my, my wife through hell right now with this team. Having to hear her, her having to hear my bullshit with this team, but yeah. yeah <laughs> you're better choice, off never getting but, married yeah. then. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I mean, there's a lot that's going on and all these races are incredibly dramatic. There's FA Cup that happened over the weekend as well. Um, I believe Barca women's won the Champions League, right? They were up by like three, nothing over Chelsea within the first like 20 minutes. So that was another eventful thing that took place. Um, yeah. And then there obviously all the managerial carousels that are going around, but we'll start with La Liga first. I mean, we were all messaging in the state of play WhatsApp chat and <laughs> they bottled it. They bottled it. <laughs> they, but yeah, I mean, you guys had the Atletico game up. I had uh, Real Madrid because that was the only thing <clears throat> on, uh, on TV that I that I had at the moment. Being is way too confusing over here to uh, do it. So I know Matt was looking at it. But I mean, Barca's done. They have no chance at the title. Uh, they're basically CL qualification. It's just down to the two Madrid teams, like we've thought throughout the whole process, really. Um, <clears throat> Atletico control their own fate with this. They win, they win the title. Um, if not, they drop anything and Real Madrid win. Real Madrid win back-to-back uh, La Liga titles, and Zidane rides off into the sunset for a second time with Real Madrid. Um, Luis Suarez, man. My goodness. Uh, that was a legendary goal. Yeah. I too, man. It was a big day for your wines. Um, Diego Rodin shit down our throat. So that was great. Uh, <laughs> I mean, listen, perfect timing, perfectly motivated player for this situation. And can you imagine if he didn't have scored that? Like we all would have been sitting here today saying this is Real Madrid all the way. They're winning it. And it still potentially can happen that way. But I mean, that's got to be one of the three biggest goals in Atletico's history if they go on to win this. I mean, just 
Had did Suarez ever score a more clutch goal in his career than that one? Uh, I mean, there was the Champions League final goal. He he had quite a few clutch ones. Uh, on but they on... scored three in that one. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like, but his 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 was his was the second, right? It was the second because Rakitic the second. scored the first. Messi had a great shot and Buffon and spilled deflected. it. Yeah, and and Suarez pounced on it. Yeah, uh, Neymar's was like the nail in the coffin. But yeah, yeah I mean. That if it's that one, then it's at least the second, right? Yeah, I mean, Luis Suarez is a killer, right? Like <laughs> this guy has been since age twenty three, twenty four. Essentially, he's been within the top ten strikers in the world every single year. Um, a lot of people called him washed up at Barca. There was this notion that oh, you know, they're getting him off the books, which is great, all that kind of stuff, and then. All, all of a sudden, like he 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 gets fit, he starts playing for Atletico Madrid after the whole Juventus learning Italian scandal, <laughs> which is obviously fucking hilarious. Um, and he just scores like every game. Uh, goes through a bit of a dry patch uh, as kind of Atletico did as well, performance wise. But then when you need him most, he's he's there. And uh, I mean, it, it not just that, but like they were one nil down with twelve minutes to go, uh, and for them to come back, like we we kind of kept questioning whether or not they had the bottle and now they're 90 minutes away from not bottling the title. Yeah, Suarez, I mean, there's, I mean, the fact that Barcelona, it's it's kind of Barcelona in a nutshell, right? Because I think they were trying to move in a different direction. Everyone's saying, yeah, we got him off the books. He's older, you're great, you know, kumbaya. You gave him this parting video on Instagram and now on you go, right? But you bring them to a direct rival and that team is could potentially be sinking your hopes of a title. And that's really the only thing that Barcelona has to grasp onto right now. And just speaking on Suarez for a bit, I mean, when you look at him and you look at his production and longevity in the game over multiple leagues, I mean, in, in some some would say the two best leagues in the world in um, the premier yeah. league in La Liga, my goodness, it's it's been a joy to watch this player. I know he's very divisive. He's a polarizing figure. He's a piece um, of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let's be honest. He is. He is. He's a racist scumbag. He's a scumbag. I'm not. Listen, Marcus. I know that. I I had your feelings, your emotions about it. I know you. You say it in a different way. I kind of put a bow on it. But very blunt. Um, but as from a player, from a football standpoint, he's he's got to be. I mean, I don't know how I would rank him, Benzema, Cavani, but. The oh, three. Like we're watching a really, really great era of, of strikers, and they're still going. Like Benzema's still going, Cavani's still productive, Crazy, right? still going. It's it's truly fun to watch. And you know, I think this was the goal he scored um, put him at twenty goals on the season. I think he's done that five or six years in a row. So I mean, that that's product. That's production. Even some of his mm. worst years were phenomenal. Which mm. speaks volumes. Uh, to the oh yeah, they were. Totality in goal contributions. It's not even just the, yeah. you know, the goals themselves. He actually has a ton of assists for yeah. a guy who is just strictly known as as a number nine. Mm. Um, I mean, yeah. What can you say? You're right. It's another twenty um, in the league. He didn't have twenty last, but he got hurt, and which was which is even crazier because last time uh, this year we were saying like his career in Europe might be over because it was dwindling with Barca. He might return back to South America to potentially go there, you know, MLS or something. And that knee injury seemed to be devastating. But, you know, COVID revamp came back. Um, 
Listen, the Barcelona whole decision is, is a different topic that I'm sure we'll have to say for another day. But Real Madrid, I mean, just the fact that they're still in this, uh, I mean, there's so much uncertainty going around that club entirely from top to bottom, whether or not he's staying uh, Zidane, uh, whether or not they're going to even be in the Champions League next year, uh, what players are coming and going, uh, Allegri potentially coming in. I guess we'll talk about that a little bit later, but I think Real Madrid win on the final match day, but I think that was enough from Atletico that like they have a lot more confidence pulling that out. I mean, two goals after 80 minutes uh, to come back from one, nothing. It's kind of hard for me to see them not pulling it out. If they do, then <laughs> what can you say? That's just the ultimate tease by them. And, and it completes a, a complete bottle job because they were in a great enough position considering the talent that they have and the manager and the amount of money that Diego Simeone makes, I would find it completely inexcusable. Mm. Uh, just, I mean, what, he's still the highest paid, right? It's over yeah, it's like 20, mid 20. Oh, I thought it was like 25. I thought, I thought he's like 40 million a year. Shit, I correct man. me if I'm wrong, but uh, I'm going to have to go look it up then, but I might Depends be thinking what, on American 32 dollars. million euros. So yeah, 40 million dollars probably. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was probably thinking pounds, wasn't I? 25 million pounds. Yeah, I know. It's all over the place. (laughs) Quid, quid. But it's it's still an astronomical amount of money. So it's crazy. So who ends up winning, guys? I I can't see past Atletico now. I think if you'd asked Real Madrid that they go into the last 100 minutes of football of the season in La Liga and... Atletico would have to come back from 1-0 down in that penultimate game, they would have 100% taken that. Um, they were in the best possible situation that they could have been in and Atletico have kind of pulled the um, pulled the pulled the rabbit out of the hat, so to, seem, uh, so to yeah. speak, in the last 10 minutes. So I think it's going to be them, right? Madrid, Madrid have a tough game against Villarreal. They're not a, they're not a dogs that would just lay down, but they're both, they both play at the same time. That makes for amazing drama, but I'm not sure oh, how great. I always feel about scheduling like that. You know what I mean? No, I think it's great. <sighs> See, it's I, got, it I, has to be at the same time. It has to. I mean, yeah, we saw it with City and United yeah. back then. That was, that was amazing. Time. That's still the best. That's still the best. I mean, can you imagine this one too? Um, so Zidane, I guess we could talk about Real Madrid real quick, right? Um, before we switch topics. I think he's definitely gone. Whether or not he goes somewhere immediately, my guess would be Juve. Yeah. But Allegri is the likely manager. And Raul was the Raul other name has been brought talked up, about, yeah. Which would be, uh, I think that's just stupid, in my opinion. Especially when you have the option of Allegri there. Um, I mean, especially after you've seen what's happened with Pirlo, right? Um, yeah. What about, what about, you know, we talked about Zidane maybe going to Juve is... Gattuso also in the running for that? I think that's from Tuto Sport had it. I just think that's a flawed one. And honestly, I'm Matt, I'm not even 100% convinced he would take that job. I don't think he would go to Juve. Like Napoli's one thing. I I see I know I know times are different and people don't view things like that. I just I'm not convinced he would actually go and manage that team. I mean, listen. Sorry, went to coach Juve, right? From Napoli. 
I know that I, I understand what you're saying. Like Katusa feels like he's built differently. He's wired differently. Like he kind of is a more of a purist for the game. Like he appreciates and respects the, the rivalry and going to coach against the other, against your former, your, your former club and all that stuff and going to essentially the dark side in this case. I get that, but it, I wouldn't take it personal. Like if he took the Juve job, it's like, okay, so wait, let me get this straight. Milan fans, you don't want him. Napoli could potentially get you top four. You don't want him, but I'm not supposed to take the Juve job. No, I'm not. I'm not good. At, I, I shouldn't go to a good opportunity for myself. Like I wouldn't take a. I wouldn't take offense to it. It's I. I love. I love that mentality that fans have, where they can say, "Oh, he's not good enough for us," but I don't want him going to Inter. That's that's disrespectful. Okay. Well, you're, he ain't good enough for your team. He's going off. He's looking out for himself. It's fair. He's a professional. Like that's just to me. That shit is is it's it's weak. It is weak. I think it the is, circumstances respect, are completely different. No, no, I was, respect the rivalries. I get all that stuff. I, I totally understand, and we both can agree. All we all can agree. The times are different, and you see players go to rival clubs, and that's just kind of how it works. But look, if Catuso got an opportunity to coach Juve and he got the job, I'd be like, good for him. Given his rise, given the I fact just that also just him, don't believe. I just I, also no, no, don't I just don't. I don't do believe it. he's. I, I I believe it's going to be Zidane. To be honest, yeah. I mean, whether or not. He's They're making it like the legitimate guy. If with or without Champions League, I don't know if that's the case. I think they need to get Champions League to get. And he's on. also been a really poor manager in Europe. Whenever Who? the the couple opportunities that he's gotten, Gattuso, it's yeah. just no. I, I agree, but I mean, you got you look what he's done with better players though. Like he was with that Milan side, sure. he was one off Champions League domestically. Look, look with better players good. at Napoli, you know. So you got to put that into the perspective. Well, maybe hey, he goes to Juve. He's got backing. He's able to light the fire under the asses of those players that really do need it to get to the next level. And maybe he's able to do something. And maybe he's a manager that in a quick turnaround after a disappointing season, they can be back to competing for a title. Me personally, I think Napoli is more in position to compete with Inter for a title next year. But it wouldn't surprise me if Atalanta or Juve or someone like that competes and gets the title because I think it's the balance of powers is, is – just that it's more balanced this year oh all what are all better position than a certain club um so allegri at real madrid i think a home run of a hire i think it's the most obvious hire that could possibly happen this summer i yeah like where else are they gonna go yeah i mean makes a lot of sense right uh who else is looking for a coach this this summer we've got spurs We've got mm. probably Juventus, probably Real Madrid. Um, who knows what happens with Barcelona, Inter. I think. I think Barca is going to have a job open up. Maybe Barca. Um, I mean, uh, the German national team haven't fully um, confirmed all, all the rumours, but, um, but that sounds like it's going to be that. Um, Dortmund have already lined up their coach. Glad about yeah. the same. There's all that merry-go-round in, in Germany. So there are kind of two really big vacancies and then one at Spurs, which is also fairly large. Um, Arteta's well, definitely 100% confirmed. I think, yeah, I, I can't see it any other way, really. The way they've kind uh, of been talking about like the transfer strategy, it seems like yeah, I, 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 I don't think Arteta's going to be going anywhere this summer. Um, six mm-hmm. months into the season, if things aren't going well, then maybe it's a different story, but I, I don't think that's going to be a vacancy. Um, you know, the, the classic candidates, Man City, Chelsea, both 
solid slash have got new managers recently. United, the Ole project is is trucking on seemingly. So, I mean, if you're a manager, there's like two really big jobs possibly, and then one that's like. Uh, a reasonably big one but with Spurs it feels like they might go for more of a project manager right like they want to find the next potch but um, yeah. quite a lot of the young managers have been snapped up right Nagelsmann Marco Rosa um, you know let, let's see I mean obviously Napoli need a new coach as well yeah Luciano Spalletti is yeah Spalletti I think the main guy there were rumors about Sarri returning there and I wonder if Spurs actually give a go at Sarri um, I know you were saying like the younger project kind of thing, but you never know if they get desperate. Eh, I wouldn't be shocked. You know what I'm saying? Like they would, I would see Levy throwing money at him. Um, but then, but then I think that would be a downward spiral. Uh, I, I just, I think, I think he's panicking a lot. Um, I think it's going to be really, it's going to only get worse for Spurs, but that's a different conversation. Um, so yeah, I guess, I guess I would just say, I would assume Allegri and Zidane kind of, switch places from when they met in that champions league final um just makes too much sense fab Fab romano was already saying that allegri would like to be the manager there so if that's offered he's going uh and i think i'm not 100 percent sure matt maybe you disagree with this i think zidane is a guarantee if you get top four but i would also feel a little less confident if they went to europa league i'm not entirely sure he takes that job at that point um but you never know uh I think I think with Zidane, there's I think there was there's two two potential scenarios. Either he is completely drained from this whole Madrid gig because obviously mm. this is like a second spell with them. Yeah. Um, I'm drained from watching fucking Zidane's Madrid, let alone Zidane. <laughs> well, I, I would probably agree with you, but I'm saying like for him, like you keep maybe he takes the year off and he waits for something else to open up. You know, kind of takes a, a year of reflection. You know, Allegri did it. Ancelotti did Ancelotti everyone was uh disres- they felt disrespected when Ancelotti didn't didn't accept the Milan job it's like come on you ain't gonna take that job kidding me mid-season um and I think that's something that's in play for Zidane would it surprise me if he goes right to Juve because I think if you hired but if you hire Zidane this isn't a one year and let's see what happens here because I think the Champions League aim is kind of done now like I don't think they're in that position to go back to a Champions League title like that's not that can't be their goal now like the cycle's done for them so I think you, if you're giving Zidane the job, you have to entrust him and give him time and the space to work and to build the project again, which takes a couple of years. So there's got to be that expectation that is set um, from the onset. But it also wouldn't surprise me if maybe after maybe after Euros with Deschamps, maybe he takes Deschamps' job. Who knows? I'm a France. Maybe, but, mm. but, but some of those Ooh, managers... That's, like, that's Zidane, not a bad shout, to be fair. Some of those that's managers, some of those, some of those guys that's like the that, that, that they love the day-to-day. And I think maybe they love it so much that they wouldn't be completely invested in a like a, a international job. Like I it's don't know. I think to... there's some players, some managers are that? wired differently. I think like, that's I what I said about with that environment in real. That's what I said yeah. about Hansi Flick, right? I was like, everyone was like, "Why would you leave Vine?" Well, it's like, well, you know, mm-hmm. he, he's got a life, he's got a family. Maybe he prefers <laughs> working like a little bit less, still right. for very good money, and you get to manage your country, right? I, I, it's right. Some people are motivated by different things, challenges right? too. I think people get underrated. Like people would like overlook the fact that like he just won the treble. He won six trophies in a row. Okay, now what else do I want to do? It's an like, opportunity. Yeah, exactly. Right. The opportunity is yeah. just not there this summer. 
if it were to happen last summer, then I would say, okay, there was a plethora of mm-hmm. options. It's limited now. I think, I think again, after next year heading into tonight, it's just tough because how many international jobs are really going to be? Because Desham, it would, I don't think it would be at the Euros, right? I mean, it's a quick turnaround to Qatar. So yeah. I would assume he's staying on till then. So maybe afterwards. So maybe he does take a sabbatical, like you were saying. So, I mean, it's just, it's really fascinating in general what, what the options would be. And also, I think it should be considered about do any of these managers consider going to the place that has the best chance at getting an Erling Holland? Is that factor? <laughs> no, seriously. Does that, would that not factor into where you would want to go? Yeah. And I mean, is that changed now now that Dortmund are likely going to seal champion or have sealed Champions League? Fact was, um, I think it's more likely Sancho goes. I mean, I think Sancho's gone, right? Like, um, United, I mean, United pretty much yeah. have top four locked up, and which, which oh, we're yeah, talk about in a second, which was yeah. a fucking amazing weekend. Leeds, Monaco, Atalanta, and Napoli are all interested in Hertha Berlin, Matthias Cunha, according to Sky Germany. Um, if any of those guys get him be a very 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 good signing by the way Napoli is um, so fucking good with their transfers man They're so, they are so really smart. imagine if your club was well run like Atalanta <laughs> Napoli or Liverpool or Leicester yeah. like it'd be great wouldn't yeah. it um we're getting uh, there, but... what were you going to talk about top four in England uh England. I mean look Alison Becker <laughs> I like so I wasn't watching right and my housemate burst into my room and he's like guess who's just scored for Liverpool and I was like uh, Mo Salah, <laughs> and he was like, "No, no, no, guess." And I was like, "Uh, Trent," and he's like, "No, no, no, guess again, guess again." And I was oh, like, "Come on, yeah." When someone Allison? comes in like that, I was like, "Allison," and he was like, "Yes," and we just put Sky on quickly because it was a nothing game, really, right, West Brom. So I, I don't think that many it. people were watching. Well, you were, um, um yeah. and yeah, I mean, crazy, amazing, right? Like to keep your top four goals alive, amazing cross, and like literally pitch perfect header and. Here we are. Like it goes down to the final day of the season, or final two day, two game weeks of the season. Yeah, where there's um, two, there's two left in PL. Yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah, because well, they had the midweek ones, right? Because Leicester and Chelsea's a massive one um, come up again because they played they played each other. Obviously, in the FA Cup. Listen, I was watching that live, Matt. I don't know if you were. I was. I could. I could not. I believe that that was just. It was. It was an amazing dramatic weekend. Without a doubt, the Saturday games were unbelievable in general. Even the Derby d'Italia as well, that I'm sure we'll talk about after this. I mean, the roller coaster of emotions for that man the past few months. Um, even the post match comments too. You could see how much that meant to him, and that's just again a jolt of energy and morale into a team. And this is a team that has that never say die attitude, right? And that's why it's so hard to kill off a champion like that, regardless of how their season went, regardless of how Mane has been playing the Jurgen Klopp situation that at this point seems to be resolved that he's staying, right? Because there was a moment in time, probably a couple months ago, we're like, are we sure he's going to be here come, come the fall? So my goodness, I mean, talk about uh, – it was. It's one thing if Liverpool won that game, wow. but the Apparently, manner in Tony, which they did it. Tony Cruz just got COVID, so he's oh, <laughs> another another absentee for Real Madrid at the end of this 
crazy like season. Sorry to interrupt. Quarter, yeah. No, 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 it's totally <laughs> fine. I was going to say, I was waiting. I thought I almost got blocked by Hakan Celanoglu, so I was going to announce that in, in there because a bunch of people have been getting blocked by him, and I, I ripped him this morning. So, um, yeah, who do you guys think for top four? I'm not convinced Chelsea may. This could, this is potentially disastrous for Chelsea end of the year. FA Cup loss, miss out on top four, and you lose the Champions League. Wouldn't be good, would it? I mean, a lot of people were joking about like Tuchel out if that happens, but, and I'm not saying would happen, but like what I am saying is, okay, you're not expected to make the Champions League final, but when the draw comes out, you're kind of like, well, you know, but the thing, the question is this: If Frank Lampard was still there, would they have made the FA Cup final, been in top four race, no. or gone to the Champions League? No, 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 they wouldn't no, have no done way. any of those. No way, no things. way, no exactly. way. I think what I'm saying is, an FA Cup victory was expected. You 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 were favourites twice in a year in, in a row in the FA Cup final, and you lost in both of them. Yeah. Uh, no matter who the manager is, uh, same group mm-hmm. of players, which isn't great. And they've Champions returned League. everyone midweek that missed that match against yeah. Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Kante was back, etc. Champions League final, they're going to be the underdogs. But again, if you lose it, it's kind of like, well, uh. and then if you don't make the top four, Ooh. it's a really tricky position to be in, isn't it, as Chelsea? Because suddenly, like everything was going, the feel good factor, and everything suddenly comes crashing back down to earth. And um, look, I think he's he's a good coach too. Who I think I kind of I didn't write him off, but I thought it wouldn't really work, and it has worked yeah. amazingly. So I've, I've, I've eaten humble pie there, but. I'm. I would be very interested to see how they go again next season if they don't get Champions League. Um, if you if they are in the Europa League, um, and look, I'm interested to see how Liverpool would do if they weren't in the Champions League. But I think that was almost accepted for a large part of the last period of the season. But um, yeah, let's see. Let's see. Um, Matt, who ultimately makes top four? Does Chelsea miss out? Um, they play tomorrow correct against Leicester so this at the time of the recording it's a day prior to this match Liverpool have an easier final games right like I think there's their strength of schedule like that's like a American term but I think their last couple games are like easier um listen I, I I think I think it was um was it Robbie Musto Who's, who does the the NBC Sports uh, Network NBC, yeah. Over here. Yeah. for for after after the the, the Alison Becker header for for the match that they won yesterday, which was which was bonkers. But um, they were saying, does does this give them like that boost? Like, cause is this is this that defining moment, that turnaround that they need in late in the season, mm-hmm. and that gets them over the hump? I don't know. Like, I think there's a lot of people that read so much into those things, and I'm not saying it's not possible for Liverpool to do that. Sure, but Liverpool are so they're just not even close to the same team they were in the past year, two years. And I really have my doubts about whether or not they can actually make this happen. There's something Burnley in Palace. There's something in this Chelsea team, though, that I think they're going to be fighting tooth and nail because they realize that no FA Cup, fine, that's not happening. The, the goal has been, the, right now, the goal is at least the Champions League final because that's their pathway also to guarantee you into the Champions League next year, right? Yeah. I think they. I think they don't. I don't think they lose out on both. My gut feeling tells me okay. they do lose the final to City. Okay. But they get top four. 
So they have to play. They play Leicester tomorrow, and it's Villa. For Liverpool is Burnley and Palace, and Leicester's obviously in that hunt too. So we bring them up. They obviously play Chelsea, um, and then the other match would be one second um, against Spurs. So who knows? Maybe Spurs want to play spoilers. That would be their trophy for this season since they didn't win another one. Um, there you go, Pat. Got one for you. Nice dig. Um, I think Liverpool make it in top four. I think Chelsea, it's a disaster. And unfortunately, Thomas Tuchel might get the boot from Roman, despite him not deserving that at all. I, I don't think that will happen. I really don't. I think that yeah. he'll be there no matter what next season. I just think yeah. uh, after that kind of everything is going really good, like the, yeah, I don't know. Let's see. I think... Uh, Roman's it's... crazy, man. That's my only reasoning. <laughs> uh, there's no one else to bring in. I, I really don't think he will... Um... That's true. And they yeah. clearly make top four if he's there all year. Yes. I think. Oh, 100%. 100%. So he, he'll be there next season. But it, it's just funny to see. It's, it's funny to see how like a few things happen and you know life isn't as rosy, right? <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, this... This is what's so fascinating about the sport and what draws ultimately mean, right? Because there's not always a winner. So the constant slip up like that, it, man, I think it. I think it's crazy. Honestly, I think Liverpool end up making it into top four. I, I think have Leicester a feeling. I have a feeling that they are going to, yeah. I think Leicester miss out, to be honest. Mm, that would be sad, wouldn't it? I love Leicester as a club. I I can't I can't respect them more than I do. Do we want to talk FA Cup before we go to Italy and then Germany? Yeah, really really good really good win for them, right? Uh, an exceptional strike from Rudy Telemans, some heroic mm-hmm. goalkeeping from uh, Kasper Schmeichel. So I think who I think's been solidly a top five goalkeeper in the league for like four, five, six years now, uh, which is a good testament to him because he always goes under the radar. and never really gets linked to. To any of the big, um, yeah. any of the big teams, but I mean, yeah, I mean, Marty, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, apart from Arsenal, that time, um, <laughs> uh, like they deserved it, Leicester, right? If you if you look at some of the big chances, apart from Chelsea at the end, Chelsea weren't really in that game for for, for large periods of time, and um, they just dominated the midfield. I think there were lots of Leicester players that. It was a cup final, but this was their cup final. Do you know what I mean? Like they they went all out and, and left everything on the pitch, and and it was great to see. Matt, you watch it at all? Um, I caught glimpses of it. Um, I think I just want to speak more on the on the fact that it was a um, it was a big moment for them as a club, right? I mean, you know, they everyone's been focusing so much on you know Vardy's rise and rightfully so, right? Like someone, I think it was ESPN FC put out like a post like ten years ago, like Vardy was in the fifth division and this is what he's accomplished since like, I mean, where's the conversation with Vardy? Like, where do you put Vardy in the conversation as amongst his, gen- uh, his generation? I think he's the most underrated striker in the world. He's fantastic. Mm. But I think for the moment, like Leicester city accomplishing this, given everything they've been through with that club and the club owner, of course, the passing yeah. and timely unfortunate passing of, the, of their owner, that moment where like the players really embrace, like that's that club culture. You can see why there's a lot of like, Rogers. You saw the celebration afterwards, right? What was that? You saw the celebration afterwards. Yeah, yeah right? that's With what the, that's yeah, what I'm that's yeah, what I'm talking yeah. about. Like mm-hmm. they that, that 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 unity, that camaraderie. You can see how much it meant to them, and like we 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 get so caught up in the whole like 
ownership and they they're kind of they're very sometimes very distant you know we see all the hate mm-hmm. that that Kronky gets and glazers and you know a lot of it's very warranted but you can see like how closely knit that team is like the coach yeah. the players the owner like that's that's why you see a lot of players like to go there and they thrive and then you could see like that they have a really good project there and to see how far they've come in recent years it's it's truly truly inspiring to see honestly and i know we speak on a lot of the other stories in some of these other leagues but Leicester City have been a tremendous model, a model club to, to watch over the years. Yeah. Um, and stability too, because you're like you were oh, saying, yeah. it wasn't just a fluke year. They've been, they were in the hunt for top oh, four so last they, year. And they lose key players, but look at them replenish. Like Maguire. Smare coming in as a, as a well. nice signing. Like they lose Conte, Smares, and like they're still like top yeah. four, always Europa League, like in that conversation. So, so big shout out to them for the FA Cup victory. That was, that was massive. Yep. Um, so I guess I'll do our little, um, so rare going on. Um, so yeah, obviously this podcast is brought to you in affiliation with so rare, the global blockchain fantasy game. So rare is a game of fan, a fantasy game of soccer slash football where players buy, sell, trade, and manage a virtual team with digital player cards. Uh, if you use our link and buy five new cards from the primary market, both individual cards and bundles, then you get one free rare card. So head on over, uh, to so rare, the description, and link is is there um, with every podcast. It's also up on our Twitter account. We will be sweet with the reply as well uh, for that. So again, um, it's blowing up, man. There's there's still more people I know about that keep on asking about it that don't even watch the sport that are heavily vested and interested in it. Um, cards are booming, man. NFTs, um, actual cards themselves have been skyrocketing ever since COVID. It's just one of those revitalized uh, hobbies, I guess, and trades. And I don't, I don't know what the perfect mm. term for it would be. Collection, collect collectors. Yeah, I mean, listen. I mean, Matt's my the dad big card has a guy, bunch right? of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Baseball cards have been yeah. a thing forever. The thing is, it's like there's you're starting to see like there was all the, obviously the the big buzz and and talk has always been around this time of the year has been like the Panini collections right ahead of like the Euro, yeah. the World Cup. Like that's like, that's a huge thing in Europe. And you know, really outside of the U.S., but now you're starting to see like the fans of that abroad really yeah. start to have and gravitate towards the card market, and you're seeing like Euro collections from Panini that are really in demand. People are after these Sancho and Mbappe cards. So like, the the if you're if you're someone who has been dabbling in crypto and dabbling in NFTs, and also seeing the growth of the card market, like Sorare mm. is. That's 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 your lane for sure, and I know obviously Pet has his own projects that he's working on with it too. So, the the hype is the hype is real with this. The hype is real. The hype is real. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've just seen that Memphis Depay has kind of yeah. confirmed that he's uh, he's going to leave with obviously some yeah. cryptic like rap lyrics. <laughs> oh my god! It's I actually real. dig a little bit of his music. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I'm okay. going to just say he he's not the worst rapper out there. Like every now and then it comes up on my Spotify. I'm like, you know, kind of slaps. Yeah, to play. I'm going to play. Go <laughs> for him, I guess. I don't, know. don't listen to any of it. Um, what do you guys want to talk about next? Was it top four in Real Italy quick. or? I wanted to, I just want to speak briefly on like just pretty current news here regarding um, transfers. Uh, Hertha Berlin, Matthias Cunha, 21 year old Brazilian international winger, um, is potentially available for a fee of around 30 million euros. Leeds, Leeds United, Monaco. Napoli and Atalanta are all monitoring the situation according to Sky Germany. Sounds like a player Arsenal could player. use. <laughs> Fantastic player. 
honestly. Really great. Really I mean, I, I, I got a lot involved with what he was about as a player um, when the Bundesliga was the first league to restart. And like, he's got it all. Like he's, he's got the, the whole like Brazilian vibe around him and the Brazilian, you know, background that when he, when you could see when he plays, you could, Oh, you could kind of put two and two together, seven goals and six assists in 27 games for like a pretty abysmal Hertha Berlin team. Awful. Like he's, he's fantastic. And honestly, I'm not tons of investments to him, but they're not going to get him. They don't go after players like that. Uh, but someone yeah. I think I think someone tagged Arsenal they're like if he's available for this Arsenal should be all over this guy what do you think about that Pat he's just said yeah play some with Willian uh, yeah I mean look like he's the, the right type of profile most clubs should be looking at and, and the reason is he's young he's exciting he's got flair and I, I look at these as like good bets right because he's the, the, his downside is he doesn't work out and you sell him for like 15, 20 million euros in a couple of years. Whereas when you get someone like Willie and it has to work or you're fucked, right? <laughs> uh, Mateus Kenya, I think is really talented. He can play kind of as a withdrawn nine and nine a 10 out wide. Like he's got it all. He's quick. He's strong. He's extremely skillful. He's a great finisher. Um, take set pieces sometimes for Hertha Berlin as well. Um, so I, I, it's definitely a guy that um, I hope someone like Arsenal don't look past because you've seen it with like Rafinha, right? Goes to Leeds and then everyone's like, oh shit, this guy's actually good. It's like probably should have done some better scouting then. <laughs> um, do you know what I mean? It's like if you're an Arsenal when you're rebuilding or if you're a, or a Milan or a team who is trying to rebuild, uh, even like a Juventus or whatever, let's see where they are next season, Champions League, Europa League. But you need to be making these smart bets that don't kill you financially. And yeah. if, they re- if they work out, they, they work amazingly. Because once they do go to a Leeds, or once they do go to a Leicester, or once they do go to an Atalanta, or once they do go to a Napoli, or a Lazio, or triples, yeah. like, you know, what would Victor Osman go for now? Like easily 80 million euros plus. What would Rafinha go for? They paid, what, 28 million euros for 28 million pounds from him? He'd go for 50, 60 million pounds. So... Again, Leicester as well. Like, if they were going to sell Tielemans or Wilfred and Didi, like, how much would yeah. they go for? I, I just think you've got to be smarter in these markets. And and Mateus Cunha, like, what's the link between all the clubs that are linked to him? They're, They're all, all really good off the pitch. Good, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Also, like, it's focus on the young players, like Atalanta. That's their model, right? Like, they go, they sell players, sell a player too. Like Ilyich is going to be gone. They're going to have a couple other players that are probably going to get pried away. Like Golzins may get may get bought. Then what are they going to do? They're going to turn out and get two or three guys, Cunha for cheap if they could, or someone like him. Mm. And they just keep keep turning, turning, and turning the wheel. That's that's yeah. what they do. And if, if Napoli got him, man, that would be disappointing from a Milan fan standpoint because this is exactly the player that Milan would need. Well, they're not going to get him. They're not going to get any player that you prefer. Get so just. We'll get him in FIFA, but give it, give it, give it a rest, bro. So. And, and Pat will get him in so rare if he can. <laughs> None of us, no, our teams won't get this guy. That's oh, what I'm saying. <laughs> what a fucking shit decade. Um, so I guess Italy then, if we move over there with the top four race, is I don't really want to talk about it, but it's so relevant. And it's honestly, as a neutral, I'm sure it's been fascinating and fun to watch for a lot of people. Um, yeah, I mean, listen. This is 
Juve on the outside looking in for the time being. They have the Coppa Italia uh, match on Wednesday against Atalanta. Atalanta have nothing to play for. They play Milan this weekend. Napoli play Verona. Juve play Bologna. Um, they all play at the same time uh, at 8.45 in Italy, 2.45 over here. Um, I don't think Milan make it. Um, I just I just don't see the two other clubs dropping those points. I think if Milan get a result, it might be a draw, um, really depending on how Gasparini approaches this. I think he wants to kill us off. Uh, he doesn't like us. We don't like him. Uh, they're pro- they have a really good chance of winning their first trophy. Um, who knows? Maybe they take time off and say, hey, we're not really that scared of Milan making into the Champions League and we want to get rid of a competitor like that, but I doubt it because Inter didn't come out strong and tough like that. Bologna is not really a strong side at all. It's really hard to bet against Cristiano Ronaldo not stepping up when it matters most. Um, I think it's impossible, to be honest with you. And Napoli has been fantastic. Their form, their form is great. They might get back Koulibaly for this, and if they don't, they've proven to show that it doesn't matter because their attack is, for my money, just unbelievable. And, yeah, that's what it comes down to. Um, Milan need a win. If Milan beat Atalanta, then they're in. Uh, but asking them to beat Atalanta, how? how could you, I mean, how could you... what is more unlikely, though, you being Atalanta or beating Juventus away? Uh, beating Atalanta. Okay. This Juve, Juve is dreadful. I know, dreadful. but it was yeah. still, they are still mentally. The manner monsters. in which they beat them 3 nothing was more mm. surprising. If we beat them one nothing, then that wouldn't have surprised me that much. But um, the 3 nothing was kind of, I think it was the scoreline that really did everyone in. Um, you never know, though. You never know, mate. I do. It's going to be entertaining to watch either way. I'm going to watch it. I yeah. do know. We're going to lose. <laughs> we're, we're not making it. We're not, we're just like, does you get clipped this? I know Matt is a little bit more positive than I am, even though he's still a little bit pessimistic in this. Matt's so Matt, always positive, though. Come on. Oh, Compared to me, well, yes. You know what it is? It's 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 one of those things where, like, it wouldn't surprise me if they did somehow manage a result because I was not really too positive heading into the Juve match, and I was thinking to myself, it's going to take, like, a 10 out of 10. It's going to take – what they did in the first half of the season, that sort of performance against Juve and they executed and, and they got it done and they clean sheeted Juve. And it was like the dream result that you could have, could have hoped for. Can it do it again? Like it doesn't have to be great, but Atalanta are not that type of team like Juve are where they're, they, they can, they're, they're still feeling themselves around with Pirlo. Like Atalanta, this is, this system has been intact for years. Like even if, what what I'm trying to say is, do you think Milan are in a position where they could potentially get to a shootout with Atalanta? Hell no. Not with the way they're playing. This is not that type of match. Genoa bagged three goals against them. Like, do you take that into account at all? Because they almost came back, and Atalanta just looked like. I think it's some. I think it's something. But at the end of the day, they put four. They put a four piece on Genoa. Like they score four goals. Like they win. Have they win? When they put it this way, when they um, are played tightly, they still score three to four goals. They never <laughs> really have a match where they kind of won one or one zero. They're pretty high scoring games. We, so, we, Milan's going to have to be amazing defensively, right? <laughs> They're going to have to win the midfield battle, which is not impossible. I, I, that I, one's not impossible, I yeah. can do it. But the attack is just completely different. Like, They're losers. Uh, They're losers. Goes and going losers. forward. Losers. 
Please. Zuvan Zapata, Muriel, uh, Malinovsky, uh, who's on fire right now. All, all better than everyone that we have. Like even the backups. It's just I just there's if if there's someone listening who's a Milan fan and you have something to give me as a morsel of hope, I'm all for it and I can be sold. But it's just this team is so it's they're too weak too weak for me to to really yeah, kind of give them the confidence going into this match. I think is now if we're speaking on real quickly Napoli and Juve before we move on. Sure. I think is there potential maybe Napoli slipping up against Verona? Does Verona have salvage anything? Do they have any sort of pride in their season to end on a positive note and maybe make it sure. really difficult for Napoli and maybe Napoli draw and maybe Milan all they need is a draw and that's their pathway in. Maybe. Yeah, because they own the head to head. I just don't see Juve losing. I don't see Juve losing to Bologna. I think if anything, maybe Gattuso has a slip up and that kind of allows Milan to get in. And that's a narrative, right? Like Gattuso, secret agent, you know, for Milan, (laughs) helps him get into the Champions League. Who knows? But I'll watch, but neither outcome will surprise me. If Milan get it, I think this is just an M in a nutshell. And they they found a way to get a result when they needed it. Or if they lose, I'm like, this is Milan. This is what they've been in for the most part of 2021. I'll say this. Um, It was Atalanta had a lot to play for last summer when they had an outside chance of winning the league and they drew against us 1-1 and they still had very important Champions League fixtures. I think there's also the angle of a lot of these players are actually playing for their national teams and there's these big tournaments this summer and playing them in a meaningless game where they could potentially get hurt is not something that's wise. Um, But you never truly know what a manager kind of wants to go with. Because you could think of all these narratives and put them in your head, just like we saw with Cagliari yesterday, where they were safe from, you know, uh, relegation. And they still put out their best players and they tried harder than anyone I've ever seen for a meaningless game, Um, especially with how compact they were. Again, I agree with you. Out of the teams that are likely to drop the points between Juve and Napoli, (laughs) I don't think either is likely. I, I would I just Verona's form is just too awful for me, but I would say maybe Napoli would a draw. But again, every single time we've had this scenario where all their fans and a lot of other people think they'll slip up because they have a history of doing that from time to time. This isn't a slip up for a Scudetto. This is a slip up for top four. They just don't, they just don't do that. Um, for Milan, I think if they get a result, it's a draw. And I think, the two other teams win and we end up missing out by one point. And it's the, and it's just whatever's the most gut wrenching and sucker punch blow they're going to get. It's not going to go their way because it just doesn't. Um, So, yeah, I think that's, I think you're going to see Napoli and Juve make it into the champions league. Juve somewhat salvage a terrible season um, for them and they figure things out on a certain level, even though I think there's going to be a lot of turnover at that club with directors and all that and the managerial position. Um, Pat, as a neutral, I got to know, what do you think that's the scenario that goes down before we move on? Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. (laughs) I I think, I think you guys are going to miss out. I'm sadly, I don't want it to happen. I, 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 I I wish you the best and I hope it doesn't happen. But uh, at the hmm. moment, that's what's that's what I'm thinking logically. But my heart says Milan, you know. No need to apologize, Appreciate man. It. They had it last week. They, they didn't yeah. handle their business. You never know. Martino could have gone off on me and blamed me for. Uh, no, but like, <laughs> it's, it's really the reality, and like you know, no, this is I'm my joking. last last thing I'll, I'll mm-hmm. swear on this. But like that's what <laughs> me 
people go at me and Martino, like on our Milan reports for, for being too negative and like, we're just telling you like it is like, Oh, like that, that. Like, you know oh, what I'm saying? Like, do you know what? I've, I've, I found the same thing with, with Arsenal fans who, you know, we've been linked to a few like Premier League players that are getting relegated this, this season or are kind of low in low. In, and I was like, you know, the arrogance of Arsenal fans to think that they deserve better. Um, and and if you look at historically what some of these teams like Liverpool, Man City, United and Leicester have done by picking up these talents lower down the divisions or lower down lower down the league, right, of teams that have been relegated or nearly been relegated. Let's think Robertson and Wijnaldum and Shaqiri and, you know, even, even Van Dijk, like Southampton weren't doing amazingly when he left, uh, Saido Mane, uh, you know, Southampton were kind of just pushing uh, top half of the table at that point. Um, even Man City bought Nathan Ake in the summer. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Sometimes I think when your club as a team was very good in the past, everyone just thinks it's going to be, you know, the easiest pie because of, of who you are as a name. But that's often not the reality of it. I was watching Moneyball last night for like the probably 100th time. And one of the things that stuck to me was... Uh, fan, huh? I, I'm not. I didn't know what was going on, but I, I love the I love the film. But he kind of he's kind of in the boardroom and he's talking to all the scouts and he's like, "If we don't beat the Knicks off the field, we're not going to beat them on the field." And it's just the same thing in football, right? Like the Knicks, right? Close, close. Knicks, not the Knicks, the Nets, the Yankees, the Mets, the Yankees, whatever, man. <laughs> it's completely Baseball, different, man. <laughs> but no, you're right. You're right. It's, it's... You know what I mean? No, like look, yeah, the no, teams that right. are doing the best right now. Yeah. Atalanta, Napoli, like they've built good projects. They've got good players. Over years, they, over years. Yeah, yeah. Of years, years upon years of doing this. And Milan had a really good year where they've overachieved and that's why they're in the position they're in. It's, there's no entitlement. Like this, this Milan fan base, the club, there's, there should be no sense of entitlement when you have that woeful home record. Like if it wasn't for them being overachieving for the first half of the season, they're nowhere near Champions League right now. They're in Roma's position based on home record, based on the fact that they overachieved. The entire season, they haven't been consistent. Second half, it's been a polar opposite. They so, tied they tied the Serie A record for best for most points on the road in history. Right. I think behind Inter. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's I think they're on par with them. That's incredible. That, that, that's a, that's <laughs> when you put that to the perspective, that's that's this team. And it's never going to happen again. <laughs> and they're not going to get and they're not going to get they could potentially not get top 4. So for, for fans to be saying, you're not a, why aren't you positive? It's, you know what? Show, show me why I should be positive. You win this, go out there, get the right players. We go into the Champions League and then I'll, ba- I'll back this team a little not bit. Not even a positive thing. It's, it's funny because they say positive as if you have a direct impact with the outcome of what happens within Or the that I don't want them to win or I should be strictly <laughs> just emotional and say, we can do it, guys. Come on, let's do it. It's like, no, I'm, I have to be, I have to take my, my fan hat off for a bit and just be honest and objective i have to look at it in from an objective lens and that's how i observe it you can like it or you cannot like it but at least appreciate the, my the, my viewpoint the fact that i have knowledge of the of the team we watch the games extensively we watch the games just like everybody else so for mm-hmm. to, for people to insult our opinion or our stance on the team it's silly <laughs> it's silly i'm just telling you how it is oh yeah um oh so I just wanted to bring, or we wanted the debate before we uh, head out or. Yeah, we, we we're going to start a new time. segment of the podcast, aren't we, Martina? Like we don't uh, already uh, do this. 
Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, we wanted to introduce some debates and we'll have this at the end of almost every single podcast. This time it'll be between Matt and Pet. And do we want to go with the one that we discussed above? Because I don't know um, if you guys were okay with that is the one um, that I had in chat. Matt, I'm not sure if you saw. Did you? Refresh my memory. (laughs) Okay, so I'll just bring it up. So he didn't see it. So so basically, I brought to the attention of saying that England's defense for their national team is overrated at a capacity. Um, Pet doesn't think so, but he doesn't think they're – I don't think you think they're underrated to an extent maybe, but I don't want to put any words in your mouth. I'm really sure. Um, And then Matt – Whatever your stance is, hopefully you guys don't agree because then my stance is wash. <laughs> I respect. Listen, I respect how strong Harry Maguire has come along in the past year, year and a half. I would say that, that if he if he's not on, then that defense I think is gonna fall apart. I just don't know if I trust Stones too much. I don't know if I trust certain other players, and I frankly I don't know if I trust Southgate enough to get the most out of this squad because. Pet, you would probably agree here, talent-wise, top to bottom, this is as talented as an England side we've seen in recent years. Like, skillful players. You got your striker. Loaded with midfielders. Like, the, it's saying something when Alexander-Arnold may not make the squad, but he's been one of the best in his position in the past two or three years. Like, I think that's where their defense is. That's the, It's going to be – it's rest on Harry Maguire's bl- blocky body and blocky head, to be honest with you. What do you think? I don't think it's overrated. Uh, and I think it's not overrated because uh, the back four, I don't think England have ever had a back four that's been on better form going into a tournament. Um, hopefully, Harry Maguire's fit. As you mentioned, it, a lot rests on him. But, you know, we saw Carl Walker play what can only be described as a monstrous, monstrous performance in those two legs against PSG. I think against any counter-attacking teams, he'll start. Hopefully Trent Alexander goes and against any blow blocks he plays that need kind of a, a, a bit more finesse. And then you have John Stones, who's been you know one of the best centre-backs in, in the league, one of the best in the world this season. Harry Maguire has been outstanding for Man United this season, I think. And I think Luke Shaw has been the best left-back in the world this season. So I, I think for me, they're not overrated. And I think it's because of the form. Like if I look at, Look, if I look at the Portugal back four, it's great. And I look at the France back four, it's great. You look at the Belgian back four, it's great. But on form, I think a lot of the England players in defence, those back four, that back four rather, is probably playing or has played at the higher level this season. Now, that doesn't always translate into tournaments, but I don't think they're overrated because these are good players that are on even better form. And for that reason, but I rest my case, Your Honour. International plays. Like you mentioned some pretty big nations, right? You mentioned France, you know, who they went to with the Euro final, obviously lost to Portugal, but then redeemed themselves and won a World Cup. Some of these back lines and some of these nations, I think, have been a little bit more, I guess, in tune or a little more structured as far as their teams have been, right? Put together in the past couple of years. Yeah. And I think with this England team, very talented. You mentioned Stones, right? How great he's been. Harry Maguire, how great he's been. There's always been something with this England team over the years where everyone goes and says, 
why can't this guy do it at the international stage? It's a lot of games. England plays the most games more than anybody, right? You know, the Premier League, yeah. they have that, that as a disadvantage. So whenever, whenever the case may be, whenever a tournament comes up, there's always some sort of whatever they're tired or Stones is not the same player he was at City, you know, maybe there's a little bit of a, you know, a, a, a drag over from, you know, like a, a, a Champions League final, like a City win, quick turnaround. Now he has to get back into like Champions League final mindset yeah. for those games against England. And it just takes a little bit different and a little bit more pressure when you play for your country. That's my only reservation I have with this team. I like Maguire. He's as sure a thing as anything to have in the back. But some of these other players like Shaw and, um, you know, even Stones, I don't know how much I trust them against some of the potential powerhouses that England will come up against. I do think, I will say this, Lepet, I think (laughs) defensively, they're not overrated. They're not underrated. I think they're rated. Like, I think people say, no, this is a good defense. We're not glorifying them and thinking they're going to be, you know, BBC or what Italy was at the 2006 World Cup or anything like of that magnitude. But I don't think anyone's downplaying what their potential is. I think they're kind of in a position where, yeah, they're good. They're good defense. That's, they're, they're nothing extravagant, but they're definitely no pushover. Like, that's kind of how I see it. But you guys may, may feel differently. Yeah, look, you know, I think it's a, it's an interesting debate. Um, I, look, when I bring who's better, De Bruyne or Kaka next 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 week, you guys are gonna go, you guys are gonna go for it. Actually, no, do it me against Martino. That'll be funny. Um, <laughs> Still not even close to what he did in two thousand seven, even though he was great. Um, yeah, De Bruyne or De Bruyne is amazing. I don't hate the guy at all. Um, I think if if Belgium even has any chance to win this. Uh, Euros, it's all him. Because you can't rely on Fatsard. That bum. Dude, like, I I don't think I've ever lost so much respect for a player that I used to revere. Dude, he is. He's a loser. He's a loser. What about uh, Eden Hazard and Charizard? (laughs) And an obese uh, player, in my eyes. Um, Because he's obese for a football player, for sure. Um, Oh, by the way, real quick. Pat, because I don't, I don't know if I brought this up to you. No the, the, I found this very fascinating because I was doing my first year of 2020 bracket. Um, mm-hmm. There is the potential that you're better off finishing third place in the group of death than you are finishing in first or second. Because there's a much tougher path for France than it is for um, who I picked as the winner of that group, as opposed to Portugal um, being the top two teams. Mm. Because there is the path of <clears throat> France having to play Croatia in the quarterfinals and then they have to go play the winner of a potential Italy or Belgium in the semis. Um, mm. It's interesting, isn't it? That group, of of death is, that group of death is, uh, is really messing things up. Do you know who I actually think could do quite well in the Euros? I think Turkey could do quite well. And I think it's because there's going to be a defensive team that does quite well throughout the tournament because everyone's fucking tired. No, that's a really good point. I, like, I everyone would... is so tired. If you look at all the sprint stats, all the running that's... stats, they're all down on, on like, two seasons ago. You know what's crazy about that, Pet, too? That's kind of, in a way, what Poland was in 2016. Pazda and Glick played out of their mind. They were so good defensively. And they rode that. And I think they had a draw. They got a draw against Germany. They got out of their group. And they brought Portugal, the winners, to penalties. Yeah. They weren't, Lewandowski didn't go off. 
Zelensky wasn't a stud. Kretkoviak, they those guys didn't thrive that well. Turkey it could play Germany team. or the Netherlands in the quarters. The Netherlands have a great defense too. I think that's but that's what these tournaments do, right? Like in a in a in a six seven game like span, you can get a really defensive team, and I think that's when people make the case with Mourinho, right? I think that was Harry yeah. when he came on. Shout out to Harry for that. You put a Mourinho in like an international system, and yeah. in a short tournament, like he could win something. I yeah, think for a will, long period eventually. of time, maybe not. You know, so there, mm, there's a potential of England Portugal in around the 16. It's time for some sweet revenge, isn't it? <laughs> I have Portugal going to the final. It's them versus France. I have a rematch. Yeah, I think I think Portugal looks strong. I mean, Diaz, Cancelo, Bruno Fernandes, Ronaldo, Bernardo Silva. Etc. 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 Those They're two. Those very, two are the most very, talented, very in team. my opinion. We'll see what happens though with that group. Um, it's everything, honestly, yeah. the way it breaks for the tournament. Yeah. But um, that'll do it for this episode of the State of Play podcast. Tune in sometime this week. We hopefully uh, can have the announcement um, that everyone has kind of been ripping on me, hyping up. So I apologize <laughs> for that. Thought it would have been done sooner. Don't really give a shit. Um, so yeah. Matt, go ahead and plug. You're very close to 10K, correct? Yes, I have 9,700. So I'm trying to get to that 10K. Maybe mm. by Euros, I don't think it's going to happen. But yeah, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Matt underscore Santangelo. Maybe help me get there quicker than normal or quicker than I'd expect. <laughs> Pet, you were making a climb, but you slowed down a tad. The space you haven't been known. going viral. Must have been the baseball hate. You're just, just a viral man. <laughs> The, the baseball matchup. hate stopped going viral it's all going downhill you can follow me at pet barisha p-e-t-b-e-r-i-s-h-a on twitter seeing you just tweeted about me did i um i forgot about that actually matt can go see it if he wants this is latest tweet um yeah so go follow pet on there oh you put your um who do you call it went viral uh for i mean a terrible video that he had to share which was pretty important it was a political one. Oh, uh jb who i do yeah the jb yeah i was gonna with. call yeah. him jp but i wanted you to say <laughs> uh, yeah he, he actually whatsapp me he was like he sent me the impressions and i uh, responded saying it doesn't count because it's not actually his video so we've uh, oh it's we've, not we we've yeah we chalked that one from the um the viral tweet Ooh. leaderboards yeah maybe I next time though that. Maybe next time. He was doping. Um, <laughs> yeah, you could you could follow me on Twitter. I've been soaring like crazy, actually. I just hit eighteen hundred, um, so I'm close to two k now. I don't. I have been getting. Uh, I have over a hundred likes for saying Hakan was a, a disgrace to the number ten shirt. So that was only two hours ago. We'll you added him me. as well, <laughs> huh? You added him. I added him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I liked your tweet. I liked your tweet earlier today. I'm going for a run. Oh, I'm down room. that bad. Oh, that one. Oh, I thought you. I saw you <laughs> like the other one where uh, Milan posted something after the Juve match, or not after the Juve match, about the Juve match on Twitter. <laughs> and I just replied, "Read the room." And that <laughs> yeah, that was so funny. <laughs> it's like uh-huh. when the when the Arsenal Twitter account was um, posting gifs of Willian after he scored a free kick. It's like, oh, come on! Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> Shout out to the Liverpool um, social team for having that. Uh, Allison graphic <laughs> ready for, he scored a goal. Matt, I don't know if you saw that. that was so good. Um, but yes, 
<laughs> um, but yeah, just follow me at Martino Puccio on there. I hit all my bets correctly for the FA Cup. So that was cool Dang. for once to get all that. Yeah. Um, other than that, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We've been growing steadily. We hope to grow a lot more. Um, anticipation of a lot of guests coming on in the coming weeks in preparation for the Euros as well. Um, after this, I think we're, we're going to be ready for our Champions League preview next week. So I'm excited for that one. Other than that, you guys could listen to some of the-